It's Thursday the 21st of January. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. Great to have your company. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Now Shane, we know you're up there around Kingscliff and you've been taking the kids and the rain all over the place. You went to Tropical Fruit World. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> mate, it's two hours. I'll never get back. I'll tell you that much. But the kids enjoyed it, mate. But I had some exotic fruit that... Uh i tell you what, I've had uh, six glasses of Listerine since, mate. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. It's horrible. Oh, the things you do. The things you do. This is Afternoon Sport. We've got a lot on the way. We've got Corey McKernan. He's going to look at the NFL. Tiger Woods is going back in for surgery. Could it be the end of the 45-year-old's career? And a superstar on the rise. She was the rising star of the AFLW last year. Izzy Huntington is with us. Let's go. Shane, let's start with the tennis and Novak Djokovic. I tell you what, he's come out, he's been called a tool by Nick Kyrgios, which is probably <laughs> tough to be called uh, that from Nick because he hasn't really had a clean slate. But uh, look, even the idea of trying to complain about quarantine is a difficult one. Look, it is, mate. And it just goes to show that, um, some of the some sportsmen, and, 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 and not all sportsmen, but some sportsmen are living in a bit of a bubble. Um, Melbourne's had a bloody tough year and just the fact that we got the Australian Open up and running, potentially, is a really, really good thing for a lot of people, and not not only the fans and, and the public who are going to see some sport, but also there's a lot of other people within the tennis community that look forward to the lower seed guys to, to even try to earn a few dollars as well. So it's been a tough year around. Novak needs to pull his head in a little bit. Yeah, well, he's come out and he's done this apology. It's almost like he's felt the, the public sentiment around the world that have come back and said, come on, because the, the lens is pretty clear, isn't it? The, the the sporting public looks at these people and they look at their lives and they look at their multi-million dollar existences and say, please, did you, have you seen my life? Have you seen what's happened to my family? 100% right. And um, he, he's a guy that strikes me, he really wants to be liked. And and you see that when he plays the sort of charity games and he's he's called a joker. Right? He's always mucking around and he loves the he loves the appreciation of the crowd. And um, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely felt some sentiment around uh, hang on, mate, pull your head in. Uh, you know, you've got plenty of money, and um, there's more to the game than just Novak Djokovic. Yeah, look, I can't wait for this right now, but I will enjoy it on those uh, those hot, uh, usually the hot January nights. It's going to be hot February nights, and um, mm. yeah, on in just a few weeks' time. Let's uh, let's have a look at Aaron Finch because again, last night they got the chocolates of Renegades over the stars, but he must have walked under a ladder or done something. The way he is finding different ways to get out. Like last night, he's gone to do the sweep shot. It's ricocheted off his thigh pad and gone into the stumps. They're the kind of dismissals that don't happen. When your luck's running against you, it just runs against you, huh? Mate, I think he's, I think he stood on a black cat. I, he's um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, it was, it was one of the strangest dismissals. It was a, it was a, just a, a very average ball down leg side and it caught the under underside and inside of his thigh pad, which is almost impossible to do, and dragged it back onto leg stump. And um, he looked more confused and bemused than, than most out there. But, yeah, it's a really – sport in general is a really, really weird thing to do. And, and, and cricket can be one of the most grounding and levelling things you can do in your life because just when you think you've conquered it, it can really knock you on the head. And, and uh, I mean, I, I, can, I can relate to that. Yes, it, that's really grounding, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, now, Michael Vaughan, the, the Ashes band has begun. They're, they're starting to have a rip, have a crack. It's like they, they almost make you sick, some of these poms. Mate, he's, he's a typical Yorkie. He's, I, I like Michael Vaughan. He's, um, he's outspoken. He's still uh, living off the fact that uh, 
when they won the 2005 Ashes, and he was captain and, and did a great job and, and beat the great team that had Warney, McGrath, and Gilchrist, and uh, and he loves giving it to us. And um, um, it's going to lead up to a very, very good Ashes series now. And, uh, yeah, a, a bit of bit better for Michael Vaughan. I think a lot of it is said tongue-in-cheek, but there's an underlying tone there that he wants to really give it to the Aussies. Yeah, I was only joking when I used the word yeah. poms as well. I'm just yeah. waiting for the reverberation on social media. It always happens. <laughs> oh, come off it, mate. And half my mates are English as well. Uh, look, just, just before we crack on, because I know we've got some really good things to talk to Corey McKernan about. Mm. And Izzy Hunting today, Izzy Huntington, who is a superstar of the she AFLW. Is. She really is, yeah. Ravi Shastri, that was a stirring speech, wasn't it, in the dressing room after that. Uh, amazing win India over Australia and uh, it gave us a bit of an insight into the unity in that mob 100% and he reminds me a lot of um, Alan Border from an Indian sense in the fact that Alan Border went through the start of his career um, some really really tough times Alan Border scored I think it was 11,000 test runs averaged 50 but played predominantly at the start of his career in losing teams Ravi Shastri um, experienced a lot of that with India um, and the fact that he's come through it now and he's seen that India is really prevailing, um, he's very, very passionate about the Indian cap um, and the Indian cricket team. And that speech was, yeah, it, it was a really, really good thing and, and showed that it meant um, more to him than just um, him as a player and now as a, a coach and a, and a mentor in that group. Here's a bit of Ravi on Afternoon Sport. Today, forget India, the whole world will stand up and salute you. So remember what you guys have done today. You need to enjoy this moment. Don't let it just go away. Enjoy it, you know, as much as you can. Coming up shortly on Afternoon Sport, two-time Premiership player with the Kangaroos in the AFL, Corey McKernan. He'll talk NFL. Tiger Woods is going back in for surgery. And, of course, all the latest in Aussie rules. Always enjoy having a chat with this man, two-time Premiership player, Corey McKernan, of course, with the Kangaroos. How are you, Corey? Hey, boys. How are you going? Corey, I believe you're talking on a brand-new microphone today. Made a big silver one, which is good. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I'd, I'd dust this one off. It's uh, <laughs> it's the one I've been using for my interviews. Everyone was uh, hanging a bit on the sound. I go, hey, have I got something for you? So <laughs> I'm now sounding <laughs> like, I'm, uh, hopefully I'm sounding like John Laws now. Very good, mate. Absolutely. John Laws, Corey McKernan. Um, <laughs> now, look, I know you're all over the NFL like a cheap suit. Patrick Mahomes, this concussion now, there's a wider story to this, isn't there? Because concussion really has this sport on its knees in many, many ways. So they have to handle it so carefully. Yeah, they do. And uh, I think for all the Kansas City Chiefs fans out there at the moment, um, their hearts are in their mouth in the third quarter of the the game last week. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, their, their MVP and their Super Bowl MVP, didn't come back to the field because he actually got a knock to the back of the head. And and now he's going through the concussion protocol. So uh, I'd imagine there's – and what happens in the NFL, it goes to an independent doctor. But, boys, uh, knowing America, I wouldn't think that he's that independent, surely. Mm. We're talking about championship weekend in the NFL, and I would surely think that Patrick Mahomes will be lining up for the first snap for the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend against the Bills. Corey, what would it mean in sporting terms if Tom Brady – won the title again. Shane, I haven't even really contemplated because the numbers he's already got now are so silly that yeah. it, it's – it's look, I, I think all it does, we already know his legacy where it sits at the moment. When you've won six Super Bowls, you've won more Super Bowls than most teams in the NFL. I think only uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers and 
if um, I think the next one's maybe Green Bay. All, all it maybe does for Tom Brady, it probably just is probably proof to himself that he could actually win one without Bill Belichick. That's the only thing that it, prob- it, it probably proves. Outside of that, the the numbers are so crazy. Like the the championship, um, the um, the championship game on the weekend, the NFC championship game on the weekend. I, I I've lost. Everyone's lost the number of the amount of times that he's gone down to the final four in the NFL are just crazy, but he he's got a battle on his hands. You know I mean, what they say from an NFL point of view is that Aaron Rodgers is nearly considered technically a better quarterback than Tom Brady. But as you know, Shane, like at the end of the day, Tom Brady in big moments and big games, that's how we judge all the great players. And big time. But in order for Aaron Rodgers to nearly be considered in the same conversations as like Tom Brady, he's really got to go through to the Super Bowl and win another one. Because at the moment, Aaron Rodgers has only won one. He is the he's probably the favourite at the moment to win the NFL MVP. But mm. look, it's it's mouthwatering stuff. Last week we had uh, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, which was great. I don't know whether um, you guys got to see it, but there was a fantastic moment after the game when Drew Brees and Tom Brady just went out in the end zone after the game. They were in their street clothes and. There was Tom Brady throwing a ball into the end zone to Drew Brees' kids. So it was it was a real nice moment just for them after the mm. game just to get together and have mm. a bit of a chat. You'd buy a lotto ticket with Tom Brady, wouldn't you? Like he, he married to a supermodel. <laughs> he's 110 years old, still can be, tell you what. Tim, seriously, he's got no pressure. He knows when he goes home that that's what he's going home to. It's not exactly all doom and gloom when you lose a game. I'm not sure about that. I always say that to people around here. Josie, yes, she knows exactly my thoughts. <laughs> I reckon he still gets pressure at home. <laughs> we all do. Look, when you really consider it, I think the the bit that doesn't get made enough of is that Tom, Tom Brady is 44 or 45 years old at the moment. So yeah. we're actually talking about I mean, in a league that is so hard to get through and play week in, week out, um, the preparation that, it, it, yeah, if you ever want for those out there, sort of look into Tom Brady and the preparation that goes into him playing football is is unbelievable. And to be playing at such a high level at this age is remarkable. Mm. What, what about fairy tales? You played in some football teams that were hammered by injury and managed to come together and overcome uh, the difficulties. This Indian cricket team, we spoke about it with Steve Waugh yesterday. They've got sons of rickshaw drivers and guys that will come as, uh, you know, as, as net bowlers for the 2020 series playing test matches and they've beaten Australia 2-1. You know, I was actually thinking about that and I think what happens in those sorts of games is that whoever ends up playing, you just narrow your focus on that particular task right then, right 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 now you know what i mean i don't think you get too far in front of yourself i think sometimes sometimes when you've got a a really great team you tend to get out of the moment and i think all the indian cricket team did was they just focused on the moment they knew if they executed that as best as what they could they were going to give themselves an unbelievable chance and that's all that they did they surely did on the golf mate tiger woods has got a back injury at the moment Is, is this the end for him Look, all doesn't go well, Shane. Like when you mm. consider last year that we had a we had a year like COVID where they weren't playing as much golf, and uh, when Tiger, you know, I mean himself wasn't playing a lot of golf, we did see him play in the uh, the recent father son golf tournament. Which how good was that when you had Charlie yeah, Junior? Yeah, Jeez, doesn't awesome. Charlie <laughs> Junior look like his old man? But yeah. um, I think his old man want Charlie Junior's back at the moment, which is uh, 
it, it all doesn't go well. Look, with the US Masters in around 90 days' time, it's it's not good signs. And I must admit, my eyebrows are raised. Um, I am one of the bigger Tiger Woods fans going around. Mm-hmm. And when you find out he's had his fifth back surgery and we, and we had no idea that there was any trouble with his back, um, hopefully, look, you know, I mean, it, it sounds worse than what it is. And let's hope that it's only a smaller type procedure. But as you know, Shane, it, when I hear the words back and surgery, it's never, yeah. ever good mentioned in the same sentence. If he's ever looking for a playing partner just to work himself back into the game, Donald Trump's available, I think, from uh, from last reports. <laughs> now, um, we, we're going to speak to Izzy Huntington from the Western Bulldogs, uh, the WAFL. It, it really is growing, isn't it, as a sport? Yeah, it really is. And look, I, I sort of felt for the girls the last few years. I, I think sometimes people have been a little bit um, critical of the scoring and that sort of thing. But but seriously, like with the product that they actually put on and, you know, I mean, one thing, and I know this may seem a little bit controversial, but I, I nearly likened it. When, when you've got the girls playing on full-size AFL field, the same as the men's, I liken it a little bit to – how would the scoring go in the in the in the US Open for the women if they had to play off the men's tees? Like the scoring mm. isn't going to be the same. So mm. I think that people have got to take these things into consideration. At the end of the day, you got men and women uh, that that power base that is required in football in terms of scoring and speed. It's not going to be there. But I tell you what, it is fantastic to watch the girls play and the way that they go about it. And there's only seven days to go, and whenever you see the words Carlton and Collingwood to kick off any AFL season. Um, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's well and truly worth watching. Corey down at Tigerland, mate, any update on Hardwick and, and what's happened there? Has it simmered down a bit? Probably simmered down. I noticed that um, Jack Rewalt, if he, if he doesn't continue in football, he's going to be a very good political uh, person because I, I think he's been talking to Tim, to Tim on Sky News because <laughs> he he came out with uh, he came out with a very straight bat and he deflected. He was very good at um, at, at very good at addressing the media. I, I don't know whether he's been watching Dan Andrews too long or, mm-hmm. or he's picking up some tips. But look, to answer your question, look, I, I think at the moment it's died down a little bit. I'll be interested once the like all the footy media come back from holidays and then we yep. really start to get into the preparations mm. of the season, what what will then then happen? Yeah, it's not going to die down. It's going to ramp up. And guys like Kane Corns coming out and saying that it will affect the balance of the team. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. It may have happened out of season, but the story will continue to kick down the road. Just back to the AFLW for a sec. I purposely called it the WAFL because it's an interesting point, isn't it? Cricket doesn't... Uh, discriminate between the men's and women's team. A lot of other sports don't. I don't think they really need the W. Do they need to find a way to say that's the AFL, that's the men's, and this is the women's league? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you are right. Like at the end of the day, it's 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 AFL. It doesn't matter whether it's men or women. I, I think it. Look, the only thing maybe from a branding point of view that when they do the fixturing, it probably just it's probably just more for the fans rather than us ourselves in terms of talking about the game because. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're both playing the same game and it probably should be treated the same the way that the cricketers do. Hey, Corey, quick one. It always sort of happens. Um, the Test Series is over now and I, I know what happens in Melbourne. People are starting to look in, looking forward to the AFL already. Um, it's The one thing I always find with uh, with the AFL is that there is a genuine off-season. We don't really get that in cricket or or in, in, in soccer now. It's, it's all, all year round. So the fans really, really enjoy and, and look forward to the season coming back, don't they? I must admit, Shane, look, even with 
uh, what with the events of COVID and last year, like, and I can even nearly talk about this now and sort of get goosebumps just at the thought of Richmond Carlton kicking off at the at the MCG, ninety thousand people. Mm. You know, I mean, Richmond unv- unveiling the flag, Carlton up and about once again. Mm. Let's hope that that's what we're building towards, and you know, I mean, we can really get 90,000 people in there because. The noise that will come out of that place will be something to behold. I know that you guys have been to Boxing Day tests and things like that, mm. but it, it will be a fantastic occasion to kick off the year. And fingers crossed that we can we can get live sport again. Because look, as we discussed, as much as I think the sportsmen around the world have, have done a fantastic job of playing with no crowds, I don't. Yeah. I think it'd be such a shock to the system. But when you see the effect of getting the fans back in there. Just even in these NFL playoffs, I don't know whether you've seen that even in Kansas City, I think they only had like 10,000 people in there. But even having 10,000 people in there, I think even as sportsmen, it's given the sportsmen, I think they used to pay it lip service in terms of, oh, yeah, the fans are so so important to the game. I really think they did. But whereas I think now they really get it that, hey, the fans really do make the game. Yeah, and, and to be honest, when things are tough, often sports fans look to their sport to sort of get them through it. So they want to wander down and, and watch that game and they are, they have traditions to go and see the Anzac game. So let's hope that the vaccinations all pour in quickly, life gets back to normal. And uh, yeah, it's been a bludger of a year. And uh, yeah, the Queen Mary is slowly turning. Corey, good to chat as always. Sorry, mate. Thanks, boys. Talk soon. Coming up next on Afternoon Sport, Izzy Huntington. She's a superstar. She was the rising star, the NAB rising star of the AFLW. She'll be with us on Afternoon Sport in just a tick. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com. All right, a real treat, of course, women's AFL has grown like so many women's sports just extraordinarily over the past few years. And one of the stars, the NAB rising star last year, was Izzy Huntington. Izzy, of course, burst onto the scene early doors and uh, was the number one draft pick a couple of years ago. Injury stalled things, but last year was extraordinary, and it's a pleasure to have her on the line. How are you, Izzy? Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, Izzy, you're in pre-season right now. How's it shaping up for the season? Yeah, it's good, good. You know how it is uh, with pre-season. Always nice to get to the uh, the pointier end of it and get into the, the match practice as opposed to running straight lines down the, the side of the field. But, no, we're feeling really good. Had our first practice match on the weekend against Richmond, so it was nice to get one under the belt and sort of strange feeling being back out, out on a field. But, yeah, really good. We're keen to get stuck into things in a couple of weeks' time. How are you coping and how's the game coping with the whole COVID world? We've seen all the stories around tennis and cricket and, and other sports. It's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. I think we're sort of fairly used to it by this stage. We sort of obviously had an interrupted season last year, but I guess compared to other sports in terms of the disruption, it wasn't too bad. But for us, I guess, yeah, we've had the whole winter. We sort of had to work with the COVID protocols and figure it all out. So we're sort of relatively well acclimatised at this stage. But, yeah, we're sort of keeping on our toes at the moment about fixture changes and how it'll all work. But, yeah, sort of dependent on those borders, really. Hopefully WA can open up and we can have a pretty uninterrupted season. Is he Tim mentioned at the start, are you a 2017 first draft picked and last year you were um, the women's AFL rising star. What, what was the big turning point, do you think, 
in your head? Yeah, probably just getting some some games under my belt. Had a few injuries early on. Uh, ace, my second ACL I did in my first season at the Dogs, so I didn't really play too many games in my first couple of years there. And then sort of just took a while to, yeah, get those games under my belt and build up the confidence. And then last season had a relatively uninterrupted one and played five out of the six games, just missed one with concussion. So I think that was probably the biggest thing and, and getting that continuity in. And then, yeah, once you get that part of your game sorted, the confidence mm. come and was able to get a few, yeah, under the belt. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, Izzy? It's been a short career, but it's had its challenges. And like you come in, you know, number one draft pick, and it all looks great in a football team. Bang, your ACL goes, and you got the second injury. So it virtually wiped out those first two years. You you had to really obviously go back to the stores of confidence inside yourself to say, well, I'll get over this. Thankfully, you're very young, but it's still challenging at times. You're at university studying science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... um. Sort of uh, in not the best entrance into the AFLW, we wouldn't have thought with the ACL in the second game. <laughs> if I had my time over, I probably would have uh, decided differently. But, um, yeah, I think it's something that's probably benefited me in the long run in terms of, um, you know, resilience and not really taking uh, any game for granted and, yeah, a few of the learnings there. And, yeah, as you said, sort of good to do it at a young age and get it out, out of the way early, if anything. So hopefully I'm going to have a pretty clean run with it. But, yeah, it does, I think the, the long-term injuries do give you a bit of perspective and balance with it all. So there are some silver linings in it. Now, well said, Izzy. My, my brother, Brett Lee, he, had, he, um, he pretty much was in a back brace from the age of 15 to almost 20, and they said he'd never bowl um, because he broke, he broke his back twice. And... Um, he definitely came through that. So you can definitely can do it. And it does give you perspective. So so well done on that. Hey, looking forward this year, the Western Bulldogs, how will they go? Um, good question. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm pretty confident with where we're sitting at the moment. We had a, a good run on the weekend, first hit out since, yeah, since um, things stopped with COVID last March. But we've got a really young team, but they're a mature young team, I'd say. We've got, yep. I think, 14 players under 21, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It's almost half the list, but... A lot of those are going to their second year now. And I think what we've seen in um, in the AFLW in the past years particularly is that those young players can come in and, and have an impact from day dot. Sort of one of the differences with the men's is that I think that the boys tend to take a little bit longer to develop mm. and really star. But uh, we're seeing some of our girls just come out there and absolutely dominate. So I think it's very promising. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, definitely improve on last season because we weren't too happy with with how it all finished up and um yeah we're really wanting to develop in that sense yeah well you guys are great athletes do a wonderful job do you think that the name needs to change aflw like the men's is just afl and your game is aflw should at some point that be um you know you can get rid of the w and think of a more autonomous name yeah it's an interesting talking point i think i really admire a few of those sports like the cricket who sort of have the the two they have the australian men's cricket team australian women's cricket team and i think yeah it sort of just shows that there's not one default you know league it's it's not like the the men are the dominant one and the women's are just the side a side show so in terms of how that would work in in aflw and, and the afl i'm not entirely sure but i think it's yeah something that's really good that those sports have taken on i think hockey are similar as well so i think anything that we can do to progress gender equality in sport and yeah really progress that that's showing that the men's isn't really the default sport and yep. you know, the women's are 
are just as important and is um, really strong. So not sure, yeah, entirely about the logistics of it all, but, yeah, I'd definitely support it. Izzy, who were your sporting heroes growing up? Yeah, good question. Um, sort of funny, we obviously didn't have the AFLW back when I was growing mm. up, so I didn't really know too many um, female footballers, but in terms of men's football, I was a sort of, uh, certainly a big fan. Went down to most of the Melbourne Demons matches as a young kid, painfully. That's the red legs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, people like uh, Aaron Davey and, and Nathan Jones even more recently, I really looked up to as a young kid. But then, um, yeah, as women's the women's footy came onto the scene, it was good to, you know, see Daisy Pierce, Alicia Eber, those sorts of names. But, yeah, from a, a young age, obviously, we didn't have that. So, yeah, it's just sticking with the men's teams uh, <laughs> and, and finding whatever win we can get at that stage. Izzy Huntington, did you ever have to get over the top of some of the guys around the corner or your brother? Do you have brothers or at school? Because early on, there wouldn't have been uh, an opportunity to play against girls. Yeah, yeah. So I um, have two older brothers, so they were probably fairly influential in, in getting me to play footy. But I did start when I was quite young and was the only girl that played in my league, played down in the South Metro Junior Footy League for East Sandy. And, um, yeah, it was sort of the only girl lacing up every weekend. So it was a fairly weird sort of scenario, but um, yeah, you look at uh, the state of things now and it's incredible to see like you've got almost equal numbers at junior footy clubs and um, the support's really come through. But yeah, even just sort of 10, 15 years ago, it was a very different picture, but um, nonetheless, still very fun. Izzy, I'm tipping big things for you. You've had you've had a, a pretty tough time with injuries at the start of your career and you've had to support the red legs in Melbourne as well at your age. So you've had some tough years, but um, look, really appreciate you coming to the show and good luck this year. We'll, we're going to be uh, watching with very close interest. Oh, thank you, Shane. I'm sure about that, but thank you. It's a very kind wrap. And how do you, as we wrap it up, how do you balance your life? You've got a science degree, you're going to do some postgraduate, plus you're playing footy, which is, is, is virtually you play and train like professionals without actually having, not, you know, not many are able just to sustain their careers and lives by the money they get from AFL or you know, playing AFL. Yeah, it's pretty tough, to be honest. I'm sort of lucky to have a bit of flexibility with it all in terms of uni. You know, there's a fair amount of flexibility in terms of timings for that and then go to the club in the afternoon and train. But, yeah, a lot of the women, um, it's pretty incredible how they manage to balance it all and, you know, they might be coming from nine to five jobs or, you know, seven to four and then go straight to the club and smack out three hours on the track and then into the gym. So, yeah, it's, it's a funny old system at the moment, but... Personally, I'm pretty happy to be able to sort of get my uni done and, and then also play footy, obviously. But hopefully it's something that in the next few years we can um, really push towards full time so that we can really dedicate ourselves completely to it all. And you'll see that improvement and, and yeah, that greater balance in people's lives, I think. Thanks, Izzy. See you, Izzy. Good luck this year. Thanks so much, guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes to Corey McKernan and to Izzy Huntington. Thank you also to our wonderful sponsors, Shane, Spartan Sports. SpartanSportsHQ.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh, who really is the king of podcasts. No one puts these things together quite like Dan, do they, Shane? Uh, He's very good, mate. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, guys.